From bloated and tired to free and inspired, welcome to Free and Inspired Radio with Philip Watkins, your weekly dose of everything digestion and mental health related. We hope you enjoy this episode. Here is your host, Philip Watkins. Yes, yes. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Free and Inspired Radio. I'm your host and naturopathic practitioner, Philip Watkins, and I'm grateful to have you with us today. If you're new to the show, well, the title says it all. It's all about feeling free and inspired and exploring the many different avenues you can take to get there. Whether it's deep dives on digestion and mental health solutions or guests who offer their own stories and answers, I hope I can be the type of guide you can rely on to unlock the agency you have to reach your own mental and physical competency. Let's get started with what's coming up on today's episode. Coming up on this week's show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 28 of Free and Inspire Radio. We're always grateful to have you with us. I'd like to welcome new listeners from Singapore, Australia and Hong Kong this week. I hope you enjoy this episode if you're a brand new listener too. This week, our episode is shorter, but no less impactful, and we're asking, how do your digestion and microbiome influence your hormones? So your digestion and microbiome influence your hormones in a significant way, and this episode will explain why the microbiome and digestion may be the missing link in premenstrual symptoms, irregular cycles, and everything in between. A lot of the time when I broach this conversation with my patients, I hear, I didn't know there was a connection between my hormones and my digestion. Well, I know, right? But that's why I'm excited to put this podcast together because women living with uh, hormonal imbalances that present either in the regularity of their cycle or as premenstrual symptoms such as cramping, bloating, or unexpected emotional changes typically present with associative digestive symptoms either at the onset of their flow or across the whole cycle. So often I move towards correcting the menstrual cycle by correcting those same digestive symptoms in a lot of cases first before we start doing any direct herbal or nutritional treatment for the hormones. But let's look at how and why that works so often. We've been learning so much about the bidirectional relationship between the digestion and the microbiome and many other systems over the last five to ten years. And hopefully in just these initial episodes of Free and Inspired Radio, we've already looked at the link of between digestion and the brain, the immune system, digestion and the skin and chronic pain just to name a few so if you're new to the show once again go and check out those episodes that's not to mention the bacteria that occupy the digestion and the effects that different species of probiotics have and this is where we're going to start in looking at this connection so the bacteria in your digestion plays a role in balancing the amount of estrogen in your body and here as always we're going to introduce a brand new freshly minted term called the estrobilome so let me repeat that the estrobilome so that basically step refers to the section of the microbiome that breaks down or metabolizes estrogen so yes there is a part of your microbiome, so the bacterial environment in your body that metabolizes or breaks down estrogen. 
So the bacteria that form part of this group play a vital role in what we call phase three estrogen clearance and circulation, two components that play a significant role in your menstrual cycle. Now the liver is responsible for the first two phases of breaking down estrogen, so let's look at those two phases first. Estrogen travels around the body in the blood, and once it reaches the liver, the liver inactivates it and changes estrogen into a water-soluble form ready to leave the body. This new form of estrogen is removed either through the bile in your stool or the urine. So the process in the liver that does this is called conjugation, glucuronidation, or sulfation in small ways. Think of the liver and conjugation though as a sequence of events that wraps up estrogen ready to send out of the body. And that's the two, two phases in the liver of what they call detoxification phases. But if you've heard the liver episode of Free and Inspire Radio, you'll know that I'm a bit sensitive to the word detoxification. So we'll keep metabolism as the key word. But here's the thing. Probiotic bacteria, such as the bifidobacterium species, are integral to the estrobolome. And this process, due to the presence of an enzyme, just one enzyme called beta-glucuronidase, now, if you're new to how enzymes work, just think of the old TV adverts, if you're that old, and I'm calling myself out again, I think, in that case, that used to boast about the enzymes in washing powder that break down stains. So in the case of this enzyme, beta-glucuronidase, its activity can reverse the conjugation process and cause the estrogen originally deactivated and wrapped up to leave the body to be unwrapped, reactivated, and sent back into the bloodstream. Now, this sequence of events isn't just crucial for balancing your menstrual cycle, but for other estrogen-related conditions such as metabolic syndrome, cardiovascular disease, anxiety, depression, and Alzheimer's disease. Now, here's how I explain what beta-glucuronidase does to patients in one of my weird analogies or metaphors. Imagine yourself on the way to an airport, once an activated estrogen molecule that's done your vital work for the body, now deactivated and ready to leave the body, you've gone through the liver and got your boarding pass to leave. You reach the gate in the colon and the bowel and board your flight, which happens to be stool airlines. I don't know why I added in there. I'm really just, I can do better. And stay tuned, I'll, I'll, I'll try and make my jokes a little bit less dad-like. Now on the flight, your seat is seatbelt is fastened and you're flicking through the airline magazine about the top 10 new destinations deactivated estrogens are traveling to this year ready f- to leave the body. Then all of a sudden, a staff member named beta-glucuronidase comes to your seat and asks to escort you off the flight. My apologies, ma'am. It seems we've had to cancel your deactivation and trip out of the body today. My job is to escort you off the flight activate you and send you back into the bloodstream. Now, this recirculation can then actually lead to higher levels of circulating estrogen. However, it doesn't stop there. And like I said, this is a shorter episode. So we're going to look at how beta-glucuronidase can actually bring down your estrogen levels instead of making them high, then look deeper into the connection between bacteria in the microbiome, PCOS, menstrual pain, and endometriosis right after the break you're listening to free and inspired radio we'll be back with more soon Woo! time to take a break are you enjoying this episode of free and inspired radio there's no better time to take back your personal health sovereignty if you want to connect with more free and inspired episodes 
simply subscribe to your favorite podcast platform or visit the website at www.philipwatkins.health for more information. Let's get back to the show. Yes, yes. Welcome back to episode 28 of Free and Inspired Radio. Thanks for hanging out today. In this week's episode, we're looking at how your digestion and your microbiome influence your hormones. Now, we've already touched on the liver and the estrobilome. In part two, we will look at how specific probiotics can help you with menstrual pain. How, and also improving the diversity of the bacteria in your gut helps you with PCOS and maybe even endometriosis. So some pretty big hormonal conditions are being researched at the moment and their relationship to the microbiome. Now let's get into it. So your hormones work on cues and feedback loops. So higher or lower circulating estrogen levels can have a ripple effect over the whole body. Now we've illustrated here, what we've illustrated here before the break is just one side of the story. So you'll remember that beta-glucuronidase is an enzyme created by your probiotic bacteria that helps to somewhat recirculate estrogen back in the body. Now for postmenopausal women or menopausal women, that's actually not so much of a bad thing, right? So that means the beta-glucuronidase can also have a positive effect. And this is where you'll see a common theme throughout all of the episodes of the podcast. Balance is important. Now, sometimes beta-glucuronidase can also contribute to lower levels of estrogen. This diminishing level occurs when the bacterial diversity in the digestion reduces and with it, the number of bacteria contributing to the beta-glucuronidase activity also reduces. So this change in bacterial diversity is called dysbiosis. And if you're new to that term, dysbiosis, it refers to a bacterial community that doesn't have the right balance of bacteria to fulfill its everyday functions, like managing the estrogen levels in your blood, for example. So diet, stress, age, and medications such as antibiotics can all sustain this dysbiosis or this imbalance over time. So antibiotics, mainly talking about medications, have been found to affect levels of estrogen directly by affecting the probiotics here. So listen to this. This effect is down to the medication's effect on clearing the bacteria that create beta-glucuronidase. So antibiotics bring down the bacteria that create beta-glucuronidase. So women on a five- or six-day course of antibiotics had their estrogen levels measured to be quantifying this effect. And this small study confirmed that both urine and stool estrogen levels increased, suggesting that there were lower levels in the body because the estrogen was just basically going out so in contrast the conditions caused by higher circulate to sorry, higher circulating estrogen levels low estrogen levels contribute to things like obesity metabolic syndrome cardiovascular disease and cognitive decline so once again it's not about having high levels or low levels it's about having balanced levels and this is what we're finding amongst all of these different areas of research here so women with pcos or polycystic ovarian syndrome have particular characteristics in their gut bacteria which is super interesting Estimates suggest that an average of 10% of women live with PCOS depending on the region studied. That's a lot of people. And PCOS is well known to have a connection with insulin resistance. So much so that women living with PCOS can find it challenging to maintain their body composition and weight. Now, new ideas suggest that specific bacteria in your gut can either manage this or make it worse. 
So for example, a genus, which is just a way of defining types of bacteria called Doria, uh, measured by comprehensive stool testing, so we can get that done in the clinic for you, can positively influence BMI, glucose and insulin levels. So an undesirable form of bacteria called gram-negative bacteria, which you can also test for, may also play a role due to its presence in the digestion alone. And these particular bacteria secrete a molecule called lipopolysaccharides, which induce inflammation, insulin resistance, and obesity. So directly kind of competing, so to speak, in the roles that the positive bacteria play. So all of these things obviously are sustaining factors in PCOS and something that women, especially my patients, have, have often struggled quite for, for very, very long periods of time with. Compounding this, women living with PCOS have significantly lower diversity counts when compared to healthy controls. Once again, this lower diversity level means that the microbiome within the digestion could actually be a sustaining factor for some women looking to solve their PCOS. So it doesn't stop there though. Now this is a fun subject. I, I'm After doing putting this episode together, I think I'm going to do a full episode the vaginal microbiome seems to play a central role in menstrual pain. Now, between 45 and 95% of women will suffer from some form of menstrual pain throughout their lives, once again, depending on the region. Initial studies suggest that a commonly found probiotic genus called lactobacillus, I'm sure you might have heard of that, a lactobacillus could hold the answers to easing pain symptoms that disrupt women's lives on a monthly basis, in some cases more regularly than that. So for those new to the term microbiome or microbiota, the easiest way to think of it is the range of different bacteria and other microorganisms that populate a particular area. So in this case, we're talking about the vaginal and reproductive tracts, and that's where we get the term vaginal microbiome. So studies have begun exploring this further and have found that higher levels of vaginal lactobacilli or lactobacillus bacteria were associated with lower inflammatory markers this effect reinforces research showing that lactobacillus species create anti-inflammatory responses, blocking chemicals that cause inflammation in the vaginal tract, which should directly influence menstrual pain symptoms. Now, a quick note on this one. Notice I mentioned the word should directly influence menstrual pain symptoms just then. I've added this note because... There haven't been any definitive studies yet proving that increasing lactobacilli bacteria is, assists with menstrual pain. Yet, just at the beginning of 2022, a proof-of-concept study came out uh, where they basically confirmed that this is a credible concept and a credible hypothesis to be researched again. So look, a long way to go there, but... This connection to probiotic bacteria and menstrual pain could open gateways to understanding conditions such as endometriosis a little better. So a study looking at the prevalence of IBS in over 5,000 women with endometriosis found that IBS was two and a half times more likely to be diagnosed alongside endometriosis. And if you remember when we started this episode, I mentioned that I often see women present with hormonal issues with parallel digestive symptoms and this is a prime example of that now let's deconstruct this a little bit more ibs often sees quite differing diversity of bacteria endometriosis and some of these other hormonal conditions as we've seen also has 
these differing levels or undesirable levels of bacterial diversity as well. So could the origin story for these things be one and the same thing? And this is really, really interesting, isn't it? Studies of connected low lactobacilli species and high levels of gram-negative bacteria to endometriosis once again, but we're yet to know how significant this role is. So once again, we're looking to see some more studies, but definitely reinforces the connection or the relationship between the bacteria in the microbiome or the vaginal microbiome and menstrual and hormonal conditions. So over time, once again, I really want to put together a more uh, in-depth episode on just what you can achieve by modulating the, mic the microbiome, the vaginal microbiome in particular, and how managing the delicate bacterial environment there can unlock much more than we've covered today. So conditions like urinary tract infections, fungal infections, or bacterial vaginosis as well as can be t particularly difficult to clear once it becomes chronic those conditions all come to mind as examples. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I've seen patients whose menstrual cycles have completely disappeared in some cases for differing reasons, and things return to regular programming post-treating the bacterial environments of their small and large intestines. It's pretty miraculous in a lot of cases, and also long-standing as well. And I think we've seen probably the last four or five episodes when we're looking into using the gut as a pillar or as an origin for treating different types of conditions, such as things like acne and pain, that once you can get the bacterial environment correct and, and really work that, the the benefits there are really, really long-standing. And hopefully this episode can you know explain why treating the digestion of the microbiome can benefit your hormones. Not only time is going to give us that research to understand the connection's full potential. For now, though, we're moving into a new fascinating phase exploring the microbiome and hormonal and menstrual conditions which may, one which may actually hold the key to unlocking a common picture that i see quite regularly so as always what do you think definitely a shorter one here under 20 minutes i'm trying to keep it a little more concise for our listeners um, but no less helpful hopefully if you wonder whether or not your digestive symptoms are connected to your hormonal symptoms, maybe we've shed some more light on that. And hopefully that can lead you to taking the right course of action to investigate this further, right? Before we finish this episode of Free and Inspired Radio, if you'd like to hear more from me and get the word on new articles, podcasts, episodes, and more, jump over to the website, philipwatkins.health, and join our community via the newsletter sign up on the homepage. Uh, your reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify help me get the word on the street. And just uh, it, don't really bring this up, but the podcast is available on Audible, on Amazon Music, on Stitcher, on Google Podcasts as well, if they're your preferred listening uh, platform. So go, go and check it out there. It's all available. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, throw the video a like if you can and subscribe to see when the new podcast is uploaded. And thank you to some of those new subscribers again on YouTube. So I'd like to send shouts to any of the listeners who get this far on the show. I'm grateful for you being here. This show is about helping you find the freedom to feel inspired again. And as always, I hope this episode gets you one step closer to feeling that way. Until next week. Don't forget to take care of yourself and those around you. And we'll be back with more Free and Inspired Radio next time. See ya.
it to the end. This show is all about you, and we hope you finished this episode feeling one step closer to feeling free and inspired. We'll be back next week, but if you want to know more about Philip, please catch a digital flight to www.philipwatkins.health for further details about how we might be able to help. In the meantime, have a great morning, afternoon, or evening, and we'll see you for another episode next week.